You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. A few years ago, just a few years ago, the thought of a reality TV star and businessman like Donald Trump running and winning a presidential race seemed absurd. But the appetite for someone outside the political realm was so big in November 2016 that it not only became possible, it happened. The traditional path to high office usually involves working your way up the ladder, getting elected on the local level and waiting in the wings for opportunities to come up and allow you to move further. But has that changed? Can anybody run for office now and win? Just this weekend at the Michigan Republican Convention in Lansing, Kid Rock's name was mentioned as a possible Senate contender to challenge Senator Debbie Stabenow in 2018. Kid Rock. At the same time, people like Jesse Ventura, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Al Franken, you could argue even Ronald Reagan and Barack Obama have shaken up the political establishment in the past. Are you comfortable with people with little or no political experience seizing high office? Are all bets off now in terms of who runs for office? We're going to spend the rest of the program today talking about what has changed in our politics and whether there are no longer the same kinds of standards that we used to apply as voters to the test of who's fit to lead us. Uh, we want to hear from you as well. 313-577-1019 is the number. 313-577-1019. Tell me what you think of non-traditional candidates running for public office. Do you think this is a great thing? This is a great uh, sort of maturing of the political process to sort of uh, the idea that uh, citizens who don't have uh, political experience can then run and win for political office? Or are you horrified by the prospect of people who don't have experience getting these jobs that have tremendous responsibility and in many cases require a lot of knowledge? As I said in the open here, this is not necessarily new, but Donald Trump may be an extreme example of this non-political politician that uh, that has sort of appeared on the political scene here. So again, 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We will try to work your comments into the conversation. And joining me now to talk about the history uh, of this issue, how we sort of have gotten to this place, is Mark Crewman. He is an American history professor and the director of the Center for Study of Citizenship at Wayne State University. Paul, or Mark, I'm sorry, <laughs> welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, thank you. I uh, accept the greetings on behalf of Paul as well. <laughs> right. I'm thinking, I think I saw your name there and thought Paul Krugman. So that's not a, that's not a slight in any way. No, that is not a slight. <laughs> uh, of course, you join us frequently here on the program to talk about sort of the history of politics. And it, it strikes me that uh, this is a history that is, is probably found throughout our history in, in America in terms of who runs, what the qualifications are for office and things like that, but that it has intensified, I think, in recent decades in a way that has gotten more attention. At least that's my sense of it. I'm curious whether, whether that comports with your knowledge of the actual history. Well, I think that there are 
often norms that exist at generations. Uh, in the founding, the assumption was that presidents were people who stood above party, were considered by all to be uh, the first, what they called characters of the nation. And so the, the challenger, the disruptive force was the politician. And the conflict, for example, between Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr, mm -hmm. at least partly stemmed from the ways in which Burr was in many ways a prototype for politics and regular political uh, manipulation. Behavior. And, yeah. and so I, I think then uh, the, the next disruptive force, and, and here is where we may find some earlier models, is in Andrew Jackson, uh, who came to the presidency uh, without any of the traditional qualifications for president. He came uh, from his uh, successful service as a military commander, uh, elected briefly to the U.S. Senate by Tennessee legislature, but then began to challenge norms about public service, uh, arguing uh, for a rotation in office so that the jobs of government should be handled by ordinary citizens for a time being, and then they should move on. Right. Kind of like the origins of uh term limits in the Michigan legislature. Yeah, yeah. Um, so fast forward to today, and Donald Trump is the president of the United States, yes. uh, not only after having no <clears throat> political qualifications but or experience, but but having this this celebrity, uh, this this idea that he was a reality television star, I think had a lot to do with the appeal that he had to, to to many people that is, of course, quite different than uh, than what we've seen in the past. And uh, this idea that someone like Kid Rock, for instance, might run for a Senate seat or might be a candidate for a Senate seat, uh, there is a. I feel like this is a new wrinkle to the whole outsider versus insider political debate. It, it is a debate about the power of fame, the power of celebrity to propel somebody to uh, to these high political heights. Well, I think that uh, the point of comparison probably is is not historical, but in, uh, in Europe today, uh, the uh, long-running uh, soap opera that was the uh, Berlusconi uh, in Italy, yeah. Leadership in, in Italy. Uh, there are uh, leading uh, actors, actresses, comedians uh, running for and winning public office in, in Europe. Uh, the connection of media, celebrity to uh, public office is a bit more direct as communication has become more direct and political candidates can, as we're seeing right now, 
uh, go around traditional media. Yeah, yeah. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. 313-577-1019. What do you think of the idea of non-politicians, people who don't have political experience, running for and winning political office? In this case, recently, most recently, winning the highest political office in the land, the presidency. Donald Trump uh, was elected president after not only not being a politician, but spending a lot of his life as just a celebrity, a reality television star. Uh, is this something new in American politics? Is this something uh, exciting in American politics? Or are you sort of horrified by the idea that anyone thinks they can run government, manage complex government agencies uh, and things like that. Again, 313-577-1019. You can go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there if you like, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. Kenneth on Facebook says, seems we tend to treat elections uh, more of a celebrity showdown rather than a vote for the most qualified, dignified, intelligent, and empathetic citizen in our nation. Uh, great uh, sort of point there that, uh, again, about this idea of celebrity and fame overtaking qualification. It's not new in American politics. You can think of several examples locally and nationally, uh, but is there an intensity to this that we are seeing sort of ramp up uh, that that helped carry Donald Trump to the presidency, for instance. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number to join that conversation. Let's go to Joanne in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit Today. Yes, hello, Stephen. Thank hey. you for taking my call. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I do believe that people will vote for the uh Someone like Donald Trump, because they're tired of perhaps establishment politi politicians. I can think of Arnold Schwarzenegger getting elected in California. Uh -huh. and, but after he was elected, Meg Whitman was not elected. And I think that's because people realize that Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't able to come in and, you know, snap his fingers and make everything happen in Sacramento, like on perhaps the movie set. Um, but, uh, you know, I do think there, it is an issue uh, for people to be concerned about, and I would like to uh, make a call out to the press to try and do a better job of covering all the candidates, because I think they're probably very qualified people who are not willing to run uh, because they don't have the celebrity of someone yeah. like Donald Trump or Schwartz. Yeah. Uh, Joanne, uh, I'm sorry there for the connection. We're having a little trouble with our phones today, but we're going to keep plugging through and work it out. Uh, but thank you very much for the call. That idea that the press plays a role or a significant role in sort of elevating these non-traditional candidates because of their fame uh, to, to contention, uh, Mark Ruman, I think we saw that. We, we, we've seen a lot of criticism of the press in the last year that that was one of the really powerful forces that, that was helping Donald Trump. Well, I think that the emphasis that the media was paying attention to him, he was more accessible. He felt comfortable talking with reporters in ways that he has receded from. Uh, but I think that that certainly helped him, and the media's discussion of him clearly uh, outpaced the attention given to the many rivals. On the other hand, there were also circumstances having so many rivals. He 
stood out as being uh, profoundly different. He took different stands on on politics. He insulted people in ways that were uh, outside of the norms of uh, of political discourse yeah. in the Republican Party. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go to Paul in Pontiac. Paul, welcome to Detroit today. Good morning. Hey. So I would like to start by saying of the people, for the people, by the people, which in my opinion doesn't mean of the money, for the money, by the money. And and so when you say that, uh, is it that you feel that the influence of money on these races is what's putting these people ahead, Paul? Absolutely. Uh, people who have their own money and are able to use it effectively or people who are able to be influenced by money from others. Yeah. And that's the biggest concern to me because if you've got your own money and you're willing to use it, that's one thing. But when you're, when you're easily influenced by money from others – and others can be anything you want it to be. Yeah, yeah. Paul, great, great insight there. Thanks very much uh, for calling and sharing that. Uh, let's go to Ryan on the east side. Ryan, welcome to Detroit Hi. Today. Good morning, and good morning, Detroit. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I guess I, I phrase this as um, so we, we have to use people who are appropriate for the jobs that they are uh, seeking. Um, and I'll put it to you like this, um, like you wouldn't allow a tree trimmer to give you brain surgery. Um, I mean, even though they're still dealing with knives and, and things that cut, they are not trained in, in, in how to deal with the human brain. Or, you know, to make it a little bit more accessible, you wouldn't have a soccer player, you know, uh, be a starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. You know, we've, we've got to have some kind of standard for whom we allow to uh, win these elections. You know, we, we've had an issue with popular vote, not necessarily um, dictating right. who becomes a president. And that is a very, that, that is scary to me because at the end of the day, democracy is, it is a popularity contest. And if who's popular yeah. can't win, that's a very big <laughs> issue. And, and, that, and that essentially makes people's votes useless. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, great point. Uh, and, and especially this, this idea of the tension between popularity and victory. Uh, I, I think that has a lot that, that plays some role in this, uh, debate. Mark Crewman, uh, I, this was, these were all things that the founders contemplated really when they set up, uh, the, the system by which we would elect the president in particular, uh, but other branches as well, this idea of, of popularity versus qualification. Uh, there is a lot of talk about that in the Federalist Papers, for instance. Uh, a lot of sort of um, uh, thinking about uh, how to do this in a way that would produce the best people, the best, most qualified people for these for these jobs. Uh, hence the Electoral College. The Electoral College, was, which I think we, was sort of an abominable <clears throat> solution uh, to some of those problems. Well, it, it, it only became an abominable solution because it was, uh, it was designed for a political system that did not come to be. Right. And from, uh, from the founder's perspective, it was a winnowing process, a pairing uh, that would 
ultimately lead to uh, the uh, a handful of the best men. I use the word purposefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be elected then by the House of Representatives, but it would be a multi-stage process of filtering that was supposed to take place. Uh, that began to change with the uh, the rise of political parties. I think that uh, we make a mistake, though, uh, in uh, in the sense of of simply distinguishing. Uh, between popularity and qualifications. Uh-huh. And uh, I think any, if you're paying attention to President Trump's election, it was not merely that he was popular, well-known, and outspoken, but the things that he had to say address concerns of many of the people who voted for him and were more intimately connected to what was going on in their lives uh, than the rest of the Republican Party. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Mark Ruman, uh, history of America, professor of American history and director of the Center for Study of Citizenship at the Wayne State University. As always, thanks very much for being with us on Detroit Today. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation. We've looked at the history. Next, we're going to talk about how the rules may have changed in modern politics. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. 313-577-1019. What do you think of the idea of non-politicians, inexperienced people winning high office in this country? We'll be right back on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. What are the rules when it comes to running for office? Not the laws that dictate who can run or not, but the informal rules that parties operate within to help groom future leaders of the country. With the advent of Governor Rick Snyder in Michigan and President Donald Trump Do any of the old rules even apply anymore? For all intents and purposes, Hillary Clinton was chosen by the Democratic Party over a long and impressive career, working her way toward the presidency. But the Democratic primary showed an outsider to the party, Bernie Sanders, could easily challenge her. We are talking about the idea of non-traditional candidates, not just running for political office, but winning. It's not a new phenomenon in this country, but there does seem to be a certain kind of intensity that is taking hold uh, with the number of people who are doing that. Also, think about it this way. The president of the United States, the highest elected office we have, is now somebody who has absolutely no political experience and is, in fact, not much more than a celebrity, somebody who had a popular television show Uh, that helped propel him to the presidency. What do you think about this? What do you think about the idea of people who don't have a ton of political experience or any at all uh, running for political office and winning, uh, aspiring to manage complex government bureaucracies, figuring out how they work to get policy done? 
Is this a good thing? Is this working in this country? Or is this sort of a horrifying prospect? 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, we'll work your comments into the conversation. Uh, on Lisa on Facebook says, I think more than political experience, we've got to look at the recent disparagement of education in these roles. Obama was relatively inexperienced, but he definitely had the requisite knowledge base to draw from. Really important distinction that Lisa is drawing there. Alyssa on Twitter says she just keeps thinking of a New Yorker cartoon that says, was a picture of a guy on a plane standing up, raising his hand among the other passengers. And he's saying, these smug pilots have lost touch with regular passengers like us. Who thinks I should fly the plane? It's a really funny cartoon from The New Yorker, sort of pointing out that we don't let unqualified people do other positions that require skill. You wouldn't go to a doctor who didn't have a medical degree. You wouldn't let someone perform uh, dental work on you who hadn't uh, gone to dental dentistry. So why do we take uh, why do we take non politicians and make them in charge of government? Um, so uh, joining me now to talk about this is Adrian Hammond. He is a CEO at Grassroots Midwest Political and Bipartisan Consulting Firm. Adrian, welcome to Detroit today. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah. Uh, so from from your chair, uh, talk talk about what what we're seeing sort of take hold uh, with the election of someone like Donald Trump. Uh, is it different? Is it new? Is this a, an advancement of something that's been going on for a while? And is it something that's good for the republic or sort of a threat to it? Well, I mean, I do think that it's um, this is not something entirely new, right? We've had celebrity candidates um, for high office before. Certainly someone capturing the presidency with no political experience at all is pretty unique. But we've had celebrity candidates before. I mean, Senator Al Franken in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. um, governor Schwarzenegger was uh, mentioned earlier. Um, certainly President Reagan, uh, when he ran for governor of California, is another example of that. Yeah. Um, so there, there are plenty of folks out there that have been able to do this um, successfully without having any prior political experience. One thing that you'll notice about all those names that I just mentioned is that they're very wealthy people. Um, in addition to having some name ID from their celebrity, um, they've got money. Um, so to the extent that people don't know who they are, that name ID is something that they can buy. Right, right. Uh, and is this is this headed toward sort of an extreme? Uh, our previous guest made the sort of analogy to what has been going on in Italy with the Berlusconi administration for many years. I mean that that's the kind of thing we haven't quite yet seen in in the United States. Although I, may, I imagine some people might compare uh, Donald Trump uh, to, to to Berlusconi. Is that where we're headed in in electoral politics? Well, I hope not, but. Potentially. Um, and I, I've actually made that comparison to Silvio Berlusconi before. Yeah. Um, I think that it, we could very well be headed that way. But I think what's going on right now with the increased prevalence of people who are either doing this or are talking about doing it is that the political parties right now are not doing a great job of, um, you know, connecting with a broad constituency. With the voters, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that was true on both sides in this last presidential election where, um, you know, Donald Trump didn't actually perform all that well in terms of number of votes, historically speaking. Um, just Hillary Clinton performed worse because she did an even worse job of connecting with the sort of broad base of the American electorate and giving them a reason to show up and vote. Um, and I think a celebrity candidate helps cut through some of that where, you know, Donald Trump ran as a Republican. But if you look at his record of public statements to the extent that he has any about political issues, it's not at all clear that he's actually a Republican. Yeah. He's just a guy that wanted to run for president. And that you know, resonated with people more than um, you know, someone who'd made a career in politics. And was, you know, that, that, was her, that was her message to voters is, I'm more qualified than this other guy. Yeah. And that, that didn't resonate with people. Right, right. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. 313-577-1019. Let's go to Charlie in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit Today. Yeah, hi. Thanks hey. for taking my call. Uh -huh. I just wonder, not that I think it would actually happen, but he was largely elected by skillfully using the media. The media just couldn't get enough of him. What if they stopped covering him? What, what would that do to his uh, bully pulpit? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think a lot of people sort of posed that question last year. Why do you cover, uh, why do you cover Donald Trump if he's not qualified, if he's not appropriate? And, and I think that puts, uh, that, that puts a different kind of role and lens on what the media do uh, than, than we typically think of ourselves as doing. And, I, and the, the analogy that I've used uh, a couple times is, is of an auto assembly line, right? Uh, you cover politics, it's like covering an assembly line. All the the, 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 all the cars come off the line with a certain number of pieces in place. Uh, they all have cer certain similarities. They have engines. They have gas tanks. They have steering wheels. Uh, you're sort of looking for the differences in them. But there aren't that many differences. But Donald Trump uh, might be compared to a car that comes down the line that's got the wheels on the top instead of the bottom. And maybe it doesn't have a steering wheel and there's no top on it or uh, there's no hood on it. Um, in some ways, the coverage uh, of him was about this sort of oddity, this thing that does not belong, that doesn't match with everything else. Uh, someone I was talking to with this analogy said, you know, and add to that the idea that maybe the car that is Donald Trump is on fire uh, coming off the line. And despite that, that's the car that people say they want to buy. A lot of people line up and say, I don't want these other cars that all comport to the standards. I want this one car that doesn't look like the others and doesn't behave that way. And I think uh, it's really difficult sometimes to say, well, we're not going to pay attention to that. Um, it, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't really work that way. Especially once he started to win uh, win primaries. I mean, the idea that uh, that you would ignore a candidate who the voters were choosing uh, is a little is a little strange. Uh, what do you think of that, Adrian? What's the media's role here? Well, I think that Donald Trump in particular is a fairly unique example in that this wasn't just a celebrity candidate, right? This is someone who has essentially made a career out of marketing. And um, the media, to a certain extent, kind of got played in this election yeah. um, in that Donald Trump was um, masterful at generating earned media for himself, positive or negative. Mm -hmm. um, did a really, really good job of forcing the media to to talk about what he was doing, what he was saying, what what's he going to say next. Um, and I think that turned out to serve him really well, partly because 
of how unpopular his opponent ended up being in the general election, but also in that primary process, you had a bunch of very traditional political candidates um, in those Republican primaries, even though that's not necessarily, you know, in polling data what the electorate was looking for. And he was a spectacle, and he was a spectacle with intention, and that drew a lot of coverage for him. It was impossible um, for the media not to cover what he was doing because he was saying offensive things, because yeah. he was winning um, pluralities in these Republican primaries, because he was doing things that were unconventional, that um, it required the media to cover him. And that, I mean, that was, you know, free media yeah. uh, that he didn't, he didn't have to pay for. Yeah. Okay. Adrian Hammond, uh, CEO at Grassroots Midwest, a political and bipartisan consulting firm. Thanks very much for being with us on Detroit Today. You bet. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. It's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station. We'll see you tomorrow.